0: to be a yogi. I'm Edward Reed, producer and host of the To Be a Yogi podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing Jean Heileman. She specializes in discovering the needs of an individual and gently guides each student to their own grace and balance. She creates a safe haven for students to dive deep, find their edge and transform. She teaches with sensitivity, generosity of spirit, and a good dose of humor. Founder of Tantra Yoga Flow, Jean brings together her years of studies and teaching skills into a style of yoga inclusive of asana, ayurveda, mindfulness, with the added focus of the pose's energy. And so, without further ado, Let's get to that interview, shall we? Hello? Hello, oh, welcome oh. to the To Be A Yogi podcast.
1: Hi, thank you. How are How? you? I'm good. Nice photo of you.
0: Oh, thank you. I don't know which photo it is.
1: It's you sitting in Padmasana, and your oh. shoulder length.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, it's grown since then. <laughs> right. I went through a mustache phase, but I, I moved on. Okay. <laughs> It was I I was getting some, you know, like wow, cool guy, like in a, a nice way sometimes, but usually not in a nice way, you know.
1: Oh, whatever. You <laughs> always have to have an opinion, don't
0: they? Yeah, everybody has one, like they say.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, this is might be an unusual question, but I I like to start out um, you know, maybe it's it's like This idea that people say, my name is such and such. It means this. And that's one thing that we've definitely, generally lost in Mm -hmm. Western culture. So I like to counteract that by, you know, shining light on that. There are meanings in these names. So um, uh, would you mind telling us your name and a little bit about the meaning of it?
1: Sure. Thank you. My name (laughs) is Jean Heileman. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother name, and it's spelled J-E-A-N-N-E. It's the French spelling. Jean. Which we so if I'm in Europe teaching, it's Jean, mm. and um, and my middle name is Marie, so Jean Marie, mm. uh, and so I was kind of named after my father. His name is John.
0: That makes sense. C-O-H-N, so is mine.
1: And I'm the eldest, and but I also J E A N N E. There's my mother's name in there too. A N N. Her name is Anne. Mm. So I guess my mom found a way to get herself in there too. <laughs> Uh, and then the last name, Heilemann, it's German. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, I, my German students have told me that it actually translates as healer. Nice. So Heil meaning, and you know, healing, it has to do with healing in, in, in some way. So it's very interesting. My father was a doctor. So he fulfilled that sort of karma of the name. And I'm now, are you there? My cat is leaning on my computer. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm you know, in yoga and sometimes playing the role of healing and helping people. How interesting. If that means, if, you know, if you want to go down that road. And so sometimes I, I'm interested in that stuff.
0: I interviewed so. a Michael Hickey and it turns out Hickey is uh, also a healer.
1: Oh, I know a lot of Hickeys. Yeah.
0: And then I thought, you know, maybe there's some connection to the more, you know, colloquial Hickey uh-huh. that, oh, you've been to the Hickeys. I see there's a leech mark, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> Who knows? There probably is, is you're right though. Everything does have a reason if we understand the words.
0: Yeah. So how did you get started with yoga? At what point in life?
1: Oh, okay. Um, uh well, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um in nineteen eighty five, which, mm-hmm. you know, was a while ago, I was a student at American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Uh mm-hmm. known as ACT. And I was taking their summer congress. And uh, our training, ACT's training was very physical, uh, meaning that every day we had at least two or three movement classes. And so you'd have, you know, hand to hand combat or f- f- sword fighting, or we, and then we also had tap. and Another day we had ballet. We had movement classes that are more about accessing your voice through your body somewhere. And then one of the classes was yoga taught by Beatrice Briggs, who, mm-hmm. Was a Iyengar teacher. Nice. And I was always I was a dancer when I was younger. I was um, my ballet dancer decided that she wanted to make me you know a star ballerina. But there aren't that there were not that many ballet dancers in Phoenix when I was growing up, and so I didn't like being the geek at school. (laughs) Yeah. But I I gravitated to it really quickly. So I had a body that was very agile. And so when we were in class at ACT, Beatrice Briggs, she would have us close our eyes. We'd go into poses and close our eyes. And, you know, I was an insecure actor, uh, as many actors might be. And so there's always, I was just very sensitive to people saying, oh, so-and-so shouldn't have gotten that role. Oh, so-and-so doesn't look like that, blah, 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 blah. And there is a lot of that in acting. And this was the one place where I felt at home. Because once I closed my eyes, even though I could do the poses quite easily because I was very young at the time and I was just very agile. I had an agile body. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about the performing of the pose. It was about close your eyes and feel it. And it was the first time that I ever got a chance to really feel being in my own skin. And I think I was 18 or 19 at the time and it was just like, wow. Wow. This I'm home. I'm home. Nice. And so very soon after that, I went to London and studied. uh, I went to theater school in London. And from there on, I would take yoga classes. And there was some yoga in the training that we had uh, some. And then when I came back to L.A. uh, in the mid late 80s, I started taking yoga classes at a studio here in Los Angeles and I never stopped. And so that's how I got into it. I just fell in love with it. Nice.
0: Yeah. Now, I, um, I saw the video online. Uh, you had mentioned that you had scoliosis.
1: I do. I do. <laughs>
0: what, what advice do you have for teachers who are asked by their students what they can do to help them with scoliosis when the teacher doesn't have scoliosis?
1: <laughs> uh, <when laughs> Is there a
0: book that you recommend? Um,
1: well, Elise Miller. She okay. really is um, the top dog in this field, in uh, my awareness and my, my experience. I've studied with her um, you know, many times, taking workshops, as well as I did a private with her. And she has a new book out uh, on scoliosis. And the one thing that I learned from her is that, you know, for one thing, there's a couple of different types of curves. And is it is it curving to the left or is it curving to the right? Is it a C curve, which means it's creating the letter C, or is it more of an S curve, which means there's probably a curve in the thoracic and then another curve balancing it in the lumbar.
0: Right.
1: And and then again, is going left or right. And uh, so it's not a standard like, well, you just always have them do this. And that's why I really have not cultivated myself to be a scoliosis specialist because. All I can do is manage myself. And when I look at students who have it, I sometimes have to, you know, stand from behind. And then if their curve is similar to mine, that's doable. But if it's not, then I'm like, I get all confused because I'm also running a group class.
0: Yeah, that's true. But
1: the main thing for people who have it is move your body. Because it will, according to the Western doctors, the curves will increase About one degree every year just because of gravity Hmm. and the weight of gravity of our atmospheric pressure. And then women's uh, go through many times when hormones change uh, on the monthly cycle, giving, you know, becoming pregnant, going through menopause, and puberty. And at those times, the muscles and the ligaments around the bones are more pliable. And so there are greater risk for the curve to increase. So the more we can move our body and get smart with how we're doing it and, uh, you know, become agile, a is a yoga pose that we must become best friends with to strengthen all the tiny muscles along the spine. And while depending on how the curve is, I had one client I worked with who had scoliosis and, um, I would have us do lateral side stretches and she didn't want to stretch on the side where her ribs were sticking out the most. And I will speak from my own experience as well as from what I've learned is you need to make sure both sides are pliable because if you don't even stretch the part where you feel like you're grotesque and you're sticking out. And that's the thing with scoliosis, we start to feel like we're monsters. Uh, but if, if it, if you don't stretch it, it's not going to be pliable enough to start to move in the opposite direction. Right. So that's, you know, move your body. And for the teachers, um, you just see if, you know, if someone's in down dog and there is, if it's obvious asymmetry, you can give an adjustment in down dog and just guide, move these ribs in, put yeah. more weight in that leg. Uh, and then expose yourself to Elise Miller. I highly recommend her. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Sure.
0: Nice. So, uh, what's your favorite limb besides the asanas? Oh, that's <laughs>
1: wow. Limb.
0: Sorry, I threw you a curveball. I can... limb. <laughs> I mean the uh, the the eight. There's the uh, yeah. yamas, the niyamas,
1: yeah. pranayama.
0: I guess it's silly to have a favorite. They all kind yeah. of meet each other. Yeah, I don't
1: know that I can pick one. Yeah. I mean, I definitely in my life, I try to live all of them. And I don't, I mean, everybody says that, but I mean, I sincerely do. Uh, and uh, I mean, my practice is I mean, I definitely do asana for my spine and to even out my body. And because it gets me out of my, I, I, you know, in the Ayurvedic world, my predominant dosha is Vata. So in Vata, when it's not balanced, the mind can get really crazy. So I have to, you know, keep my mind from going everywhere and just work towards one pointed mind. Mm-hmm. And but my, I mean, my seated practice has pranayama. I now kind of can't sit unless I've done at least 15, 20 minutes of pranayama. Hmm. And then there are techniques I use to cultivate dharana, which is the concentration. And honestly, and it's something I teach in philosophy courses that I teach mm-hmm. uh, to kids, is um, we, we don't sit and meditate. That doesn't happen. It's like you shouldn't just all of a sudden go into a headstand without preparing your upper body. Right. So the concentration is so necessary And if you're only able to meditate for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, there's lovely guided meditations and I probably have some out there as well, but it's, you know, at some point it's meditation. We don't really slip into a deep meditation until about 18 minutes of concentration. Hmm. And uh, so concentration is, it's uh, underrated. And I really, I try to find techniques and practices. There's all kinds of tantric practices I've learned from my teachers Mm-hmm. And, um, and then slipping into a state of dharana, where you're, uh, or dhyana, sorry, a state where you're starting to merge with that, what you're focusing on can start to happen. And that's beauty. And then, you know, if you get a, a glimpse of samadhi, that's all the more wonderful. So I, you know, do I have a, I kind of have to say, I don't have a favorite, but mm-hmm. I, I will say that. My practice is not just one, it sincerely right. does the seated practice, especially. Uh, it, I weave all of them in. You can't just drop into meditation, yeah. So,
0: I'm looking forward to being able to branch beyond just the asanas. I, um, I became a yoga teacher just a couple of years ago and I've been teaching at Crunch Fitness, so I haven't okay. really. Gone- Where are
1: you based? What city?
0: Um, I'm in uh, Highland Park, Los Angeles.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I teach at the Sunset Strip uh, Crunch.
1: Oh, got you. Oh, God bless. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you, <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> you know, if you can teach in Los Angeles, and I'm not bashing anyone, it's just the <laughs> pressure that so many people are under. Because a lot of people work for the people in the industry. Right. And a lot of people who are in the industry doing so well, the entertainment industry, which covers so much, are... So hyper-creative that they can be unhealthy in other areas yeah. of, their, of, their being, of their being. So a lot of people actually work to support them. Yeah. And those are usually the people who come to the gym or to the yoga studio. Right. And so you're getting all their stress, and so they take it out on yeah. you by walking on, <laughs> slamming the door, and glaring at you, and snapping at you, just like
0: uh, yeah, I get a, every once in a while I get someone who's like, "Oh, you, I don't like uh-huh. your classes." But I have I have some regulars at this point, so it's kind yes. of nice and
1: Congratulations. Yeah,
0: thank you. But yeah, I'm looking forward to branching out into being able to do some more prolonged seated work.
1: Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to do it. I mean, when I started, I knew meditation was something that I needed to work towards. I knew that, you know, soon after taking a teacher training. And I also knew my mind wasn't going to be able to do it. Let alone right. my body. So all I did is I fed into my future, which means I bought magazines after magazines about meditation. So there's a great one called Shambhala Sun. Buddhist, you know, I went Buddhist at the time because there aren't mm-hmm. many other types. Right. Uh, tricycle was out at the time. And I went to all types of meditation organizations in LA and we have more now. And at the time we didn't, but there was a Buddhist place across from the Iyengar Institute on third street. This is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went to just a bunch and I just kept tasting it. And I would tell myself, you don't have to be doing it right now, but you will, and you're going to want to do it. So just, I just kept exposing myself to it. Yeah. And I think that is the safest way. And now there's even really cool apps out and so many great guided meditations. The more you can just expose yourself and have very little expectation, just like you're trying, you know, Korean food. And it can be exotic to some people. The more you try different things, you'll start to be able to articulate, oh, I really like this thing. Right. So that's what I'll, I'll offer. But it, it nice. definitely. You know, it and you know, we need to be we need to have a strong body so that we can sit tall and yeah. s- still. So, it's a natural progression.
0: Now, uh you had mentioned certain concentration techniques you learned from the tantric yes. uh, yeah, yes. w- would you mind uh, elaborating a little bit on that? Sure.
1: Um you know, so my teacher is Rod Stryker. Mm-hmm. and uh I've learned from him as well as his teacher, my grand teacher Pandit Rajmani Tiganey. And then, even from Sally Kempton, who comes from another type of tantra, uh, many, it's basically giving your mind something to focus on. And from Sally, it's a very loving, sweet approach, either, you know, working with a goddess form or working with um, just many different types of aspects uh with rod we've done uh there's been from prodigy i've learned uh many benevolent you know with, you can just visualize a whole story sort of thing specific story you don't make it up mm-hmm. or do it like a general simple experience and this i learned from rod when i first met him in ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. 1999 was sitting still and this is something we can all try with no hands Imagine and observe your inhale flowing in simply through your left nostril. And then see your exhale flow in through the right. And then inhale through the right and exhale through the left. And when you see the breath flow in through the left, watch it flow in and all the way up to your third eye. And then as you exhale, watch it flow out through the right. Inhale through the right up to the third eye. Exhale through the left. After you've done that two rounds, and that was two rounds, so right, left, left, right was one, and then again. Then inhale through both up to the third eye, and exhale from third eye out to both. Inhale through both up to the third eye. Exhale third eye out through both. And then start all over again, left to the center to the third eye, exhale right, inhale right to the center, exhale left. That's nice. Then add another component which is count backwards from 99 all the uh, 100 all the way down to 0 so inhaling through the left to the third eye you count 99 exhale from the third eye to the right you count 98 inhale through the right up to the third eye you count 97 exhale from the third eye out through the left you count 96 you do that again and then inhaling through both You count 95, 90, whatever, 93. Exhale from the third eye out through both, 92. Inhale through both up to the third eye, 91. Exhale from the third eye out through both, 90. If you mess up, you have to start all over again. (laughs) In the process of doing this, you really can't keep on that inner voice that's saying, my boss just doesn't understand me. Right. You yeah. can't let the voice say, it's not fair. Nobody, you know, uh, why didn't I get the better such and such? You can't go into your head about why didn't so and so call or return my email? You have to focus. And the more you do something like that, and this is a simple thing that's safe for everybody to do. When you do something like that, it hones. So this is the Dharana. It's working on Dharana about the ability to concentrate. And then you can once you start to, and that is a muscle, and you'll watch that your mind wanders and all of a sudden hears an outer sound or realizes, oh, my left shoulder, I didn't do my pose well enough or something, and you're like, shoot, I have to start all over again. And even if your mind wanders even a little bit, but you're maintaining the numbers and everything, you bring the mind back, because that's actually how you work the muscle. The mind wandering is not the bad thing. The mind will always wander, that's its nature. Choosing to bring it back and not go down the road into the fantastic drama that your mind is going to want to do and convince or argument or fantasy about how you're going to become a famous meditator and you're going to write a book on this and get your own website, et cetera, et cetera. And what cute outfit will you wear for the photo shoot that choosing to pull away from that because it's so tantalizing. That's where the muscle starts getting work. So yeah. does that answer your question? Yeah.
0: No, I like it.
1: Thank okay. you. So that's something everybody can try. And, you, you know, you, if you know Nadi Shodan in the Pranayama, you can do a little bit of that first. But you don't need to. The hands are on the floor. And at first you're like, I can't feel or imagine my inhale coming in through my left nostril. But I will tell you, the more you do it, you are able to articulate it. So trust me. And just even knowing that, that's kind of cool.
0: I like how it combines um well the asana in the sense of the seated you know asana and pranayama okay. and concentration mm-hmm. all at once. It seems like it implies uh you know, some hatha before, you know, there was some stretching before. It's,
1: it's, that would be it. Would be helpful. It helps to breathe again. Stretching the side body helps us breathe more because of those intercostal muscles. Doing a little bit of strengthening at some point for the paraspinals helps us sit tall. Doing a little bit of abdominal, and I mean what I'm saying a little bit and emphasizing a little bit. That means it doesn't have to be that much. And certainly, if you want to go more, go for it. But that helps you sit tall from the front a little bit of hip opening so you can sit and without your knees sticking up past your shoulders, um, you know, all of that makes it easier. And that is initially why asana was cultivated so that we could sit. Yeah. So, you know, but now Americans were so cute. You know, <laughs> we still can't sit. We do a lot of asana. We still can't sit still. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. what do you do with that? We keep trying. That's what we do.
0: <laughs> so I guess my second to last question or thought. Um, now, I mean, the, the title of the podcast is to be a yogi. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking like yogi as opposed to yogini. I'm using the kind of a gender all inclusive. Okay. Um, okay. But but then the, the the initial question in the first episode was, OK, I, I've become a yoga teacher, ah. you know, but how do I be a yogi? What, what's the difference? And is there a difference or should there be no difference? I, I That's a four-part question. I'm sorry. Do you have any thoughts on my rambling? <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Absolutely. I mentor a lot of new teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Humility and practice and honesty, truthfulness. I'll say those three ingredients need to happen. Humility, uh, because we will... You know, just because you're a yoga teacher doesn't mean your life gets all of a sudden solved. And right. in fact, in many ways, your life is going to get harder. And then it's like, how do I put, you know, how do I post Instagrams of me looking, rocking yoga poses or whatever? Humbly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, A, if you can rock a yoga pose, hari Um, And certainly if you're young, get all the photos. This is what I tell people. Get your <laughs> photos taken. When you're able to master the poses without a lot of warm-up and effort, get the photos, do the photo shoot, do many photo shoots, maintain that stock of photos. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. But um, for instance, uh, I, 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 I work with a therapist at times because she helps me with the daily life and working with people and everything. And I was saying something to her just the other day, about, you know, my life is kind of falling apart right now. And she said, you're living. You're actually participating in the experience of life as a human. Yeah. And, and I realized, oh, okay, that's what this is. And I had a um, tendency to hide up in my cave and just work uh, because I didn't want to make mistakes or get messy. And it's actually when we do that that we're not we're able to relate to our students, but when we have things fall apart, uh, that you know, and it doesn't mean go out there and have an argument with your sweetheart, right? But it's like if you're having struggles with your sweetheart or your roommate or your other job and paying the rent, this is the platform. How are you handling this now? Use the tools of the eight limbs. Yeah. Use the pieces of yamas and the niyamas and the awareness of avidya and catch yourself. What's my issue? Is my ego getting cut up in this? Am I avoiding something with this, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So you know all the aspects of the kleshas are huge,
0: yeah. and
1: and start to really look at that. And that you know this is technically this is shvadha. We're now peeling the layers. Why am I not even wanting to talk to that person? Why am I avoiding this person? Because our relationship is changing and I don't like it. It's like, I need to do it. This is the truthfulness. Right. I need to step into that. And how, and as long as we're sincere and loving, honoring Ahimsa first, that actually helps us be present. And because we're living this stuff to our students, if we walk in always perfectly coiffed, with the greatest playlist in the world and super rehearsed and planned, then at some point our students, uh, their lives are falling apart. They're not going to be able to relate to us. Right. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. So I guess I would say, and have a sense of humility. When you're able to do the poses, Ishwara Pranitanana offer them, do them as uh, offerings. Instead of, hey, who's going to want to sponsor me and, you know, Use me for your yoga ads, which is fine, but have a sense of humility. Offer the poses up because you will lose them. We get older, or someone gets pregnant, or an injury happens. So there, um, you know, have a sense of humility. Constantly check in that you're being truthful, and um, and practice. And it doesn't always mean asana. It means practice stilling the mind and practice checking in. What's your truth? Are you avoiding? Are you clinging? I went through a phase where my goodness, I was clinging. I was craving. And I was actually, unfortunately able to observe. It's like, my God, I've been hit with craving. And so I just observed it and dialogue, wrote about it a lot, journaled about it. And just, I watched how it controlled me. And so I just I, st- I couldn't help myself. It was still controlling me, but at least I was able to pull third person and observe, Gene, you are being a nitwit because this is really controlling you. It's like, well, okay, this is what now I fully understand craving. Now I can fully understand someone else. I can have more compassion for them. Yeah. And what can I do to work with this craving so that it's not running my life? I don't know just today. Yeah that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it 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 sounds it sounds very familiar when I, you know, like fall back into some old habit or something that I've been bragging <laughs> about, you know. Okay. And then, you know, it's but it, it 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 does it reminds you to be humble in a way. Yeah. Things, yeah. things like that, the things that make that we have in common with our students, rather than being, I am the image of perfection. You yeah. all want to be like me, so that's why they put me in the front. Anyway, you know, like just, oh yeah, as it, like not that, you know, but like, okay, let's do yoga. Here's yoga. This is, you know, it's it's about the yoga. It's not about the teacher.
1: Absolutely, you know, I I wonder if I was given the scoliosis so that it maintained my humility, because as I got older. I encountered more and more challenges and all of a sudden I couldn't do poses. I taught a class the other day and I knew the stu- it was just so appropriate for the students to do this stuff that I was not going to be doing well Yeah, because I live with one leg shorter than the other. So everything is wonky. And someone can say, you're not working your outer ankles strong enough. It's like, you know what? That's nice. I'm also always on an unstable, uneven base. So I had us go up into balancing on the balls of the feet. And I was falling left and right. And, you know, there's going to be students who look at me and go, well, she mustn't be good enough because she can't do this. You know what? I did that too. I looked at teachers when I was younger and if they weren't in perfect physical fit on the outside, I judged them. Right. Till I started taking a few workshops with master teachers who walked into a room uh, and blew me away. With their larger, seeming rotund body, they could do poses I couldn't. And, and then I quickly realized, okay, stop looking at the outside. So, and that was a necessary journey for me. And that's gonna be a necessary journey for our students. And so I'm now fine. I constantly say to my students, do better than me. I'm demonstrating I'm either not warm enough. So I'm not going to be able to do the full thing. So you guys do better. Yeah. Or I'm imbalanced and more of you guys have, you know, they have limitations in other ways. We all have limitations somewhere. Yeah. So um, it's like, do better. And if somebody needs to judge me, because I used to be fearful of the judging and the criticism and everything, uh but if I can't take them away from that necessary part of their karmic journey. Right. They need to judge me, they need to walk out, leave and decide Gene Heilman is a terrible yoga teacher, she can't even do the poses. Right. It's like, you know what? That's your path, that's your choice. I'll see you in 6 months when, you know, I'm rocking a pose in the class with you.
0: It's like at a certain point, exactly. the teenager needs to rebel and storm yes. out in order to find their own voice.
1: Yes. Even and if it, the parents
0: were totally right.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And then, you know, we come back a little bit more humility, and that student needs to have that. And for me to plant my face and say, you're judging me, it's wrong. It's like I'm cheating them of their right. natural, necessary evidence. Judging's
0: bad. <laughs> judging happens. <laughs> it says in the Bible. Well, you know, judging's but, bad. You shouldn't and judge. That's judge judging.
1: And that's judging. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So, Yeah, and holding unconsciously held assumptions from our Puritan ancestors at the same time. Right, yes, <laughs> all
1: of that stuff, exactly. So um, that's, I don't know, I don't know if, again, if, if that fed you with what you're looking for. That's to.
0: good, no, I, I, there's nothing I'm particularly looking for, I just... Um, you know, I'm I'm tired of hearing my own voice, and so I like to give mm-hmm. give give people the opportunity. It's a great excuse for me to like have a a, a good in depth conversation with with people sure. also, and uh, also share it with other people around the world who want to listen to it. We got quite a few people in India that tune in.
1: Hi, um, it says hello, well, my home country. <laughs> uh, you know, the main thing for new teachers is keep taking. I mean, if you're in Los Angeles or a large city take classes from master teachers who are here. And I would say a master teacher is someone who's been practicing at least more than 10 years. Uh, and Because they, you know, once you get into 10 years, the person's been around the block a bit. Yeah. And we've got a lot of popular teachers, but have they, it's like who's withstood the test of time. Right. And if you don't have access to that, there's so much online. Myself and another a number of wonderful teachers are on Yoga Vibes. I'm also on in in International Yoga, Mm -hmm. Uh, yoga and and um or no, I'm sorry, Yoga International. I mixed the two up because I also work with the opposite company. (laughs) Yoga International has a lovely website of all great teachers, and then Yoga Glow. So you've got all kinds of things like that. And then I know a number of teachers are offering online courses and everything. So you can do that. And then nobody reads books anymore. But books are great. Uh, You know, look for books written by teachers. Uh, You know, I used to buy all of them. I own so many books. Eric Schiffman's book. T.S. Little's book, you know, all kinds of books that are out there. And, and, and anyone who's been teaching for a long time, if they've written a book, explore it. That gives you new language. I used to have my apprentices look at, all, you know, like the Iyengar book, Eric Schiffman's book, um, Gary Kraftsau's book, and uh, Donna Farhi. And then look at how each of them has described Trikonasana. Because they're each describing it from a different vantage point from a different using different like offering a different experience having a different purpose even go get if you can an ashtanga book and look at trikanasana and then practice trikanasana on your own and what what is your experience and you can start to borrow from certain adjectives and adverbs from other teachers because i think that's what helps us stay fresh it doesn't have to be necessary necessarily a new trendy pose.
0: Right. But
1: it's a new perspective on the pose. Nice. Coming, and that can come from a different uh, teacher. So Very that's cool. That's, that's an offering for all the teachers who've been teaching for a while. Thank you. Sure.
0: So last question. Do you have anything uh, coming up in the near future you want to let people know about?
1: I do. So uh, thank you for asking. Oh. <laughs> so just to be clear... I have videos on Yoga International, a wonderful website based out of the Himalayan Institute, which is a wonderful organization in Pennsylvania. And I have retreats through international yoga. And I am leading a retreat in Bali uh, in April of 2017, April 22 through 23 uh 22 through 29 sorry not 22 through 23 that would be awful it's only one day 22 through 29 and um it's going to be very special we're going to be immersing ourselves into the culture into the specific traditions that are sacred to bali as well as i'm going to be teaching a tantric kriya called bhuta shuddhi which is a specific practice that dissolves the elements of the chakras to help experience uh more of the subtle body and it's a somewhat uh, technical it's a detailed practice that can take a bit of time especially as you learn it so i'm going to be breaking it down throughout the retreat and people will know this very well by the time they come home and this is a way to help you drop into the state of meditation and i'm also teaching a chakra course uh, right now it's september right now as we speak at Yoga Works on the Larch at the Larchmont Studio, I'm teaching. Um, we're calling it the Journey Through the Chakras. Mm-hmm. It's a Tantric morning series from 7 a.m. until 8:30 in the morning, and each session it's Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Uh, we started yesterday, which was the 6th of September, and we go to the last Thursday in September, the 29th. Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and each session is on one of the chakras. And so it's asanas, poses, pranayamas that are specific, mudras, visualizations, and then meditations, just weaving into really experience each chakra uh, from all these different perspectives. And so I'd love for anyone to come join me. Uh, in the, the chakra program is already happening, and kids are loving it. And so it, where, yeah.
0: you're at Larchmont? Right.
1: I'm at the Yoga Works Larchmont.
0: So you're here in LA? I'm
1: here in LA right now. Oh wow. I travel a lot, but I'm okay. in Los Angeles pretty much for the fall. I'm doing just a little bit of traveling. Okay.
0: I'll try to make it to at least hey, one of those.
1: Um, yeah. Well come up and introduce yourself. Nice. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Nice. They're very special and uh it's the hardest part is getting up in the morning. And I know because I have to do it too. Yeah. Uh but once we're done, and, you know, by the end of the practice, you've gotten not only asana in, but pranayama and meditation, and the day just unfolds in a really special way.
0: Nice. That yeah. Sounds great.
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the To Be a Yogi podcast.
1: You're today. welcome. Thank you. It's been an honor.
0: And hopefully, I'll see you in the next. Yeah, uh, go it- take
1: a class. I didn't realize we were so close. Yeah. I,
0: thought, I don't oh. know
1: where did you do your training, Edward.
0: Um, here at Namaste Highland Park through the Mukti School, which is based in Huntington Beach, Julie Rader at The Green Yogi.
1: Julie, what is her last name?
0: R A D E R.
1: She sounds familiar.
0: She's my teacher's teacher. My teacher is Bethany Eans, who's uh, a, a Lululemon ambassador as well okay. as a uh, teacher for them. Wow. So, huh.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there's so many yogis now and I've, I've been traveling this, I've been gone for about a year traveling and just here in town just for a little bit. So I'm kind of out of the whole yogi scene of knowing everybody.
0: Yeah. uh, I think there's so many people that nobody knows everybody.
1: (laughs) Maybe Felicia Tomasco because she runs LA yoga magazine, but you're right. right. Well, listen, nice to, thank you so much for inviting me to do this with you. And, um, yeah, come take, a, come take one of the sessions. I think you'd like it.
0: Sounds great. we Will do.
1: Okay. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you, Gene, for being our guest on the To Be A Yogi podcast today. Special thanks to Brian Dahl. And there's an unusual spelling there, so I'll spell that out for you. It's B-R-Y-I-N-D-A-L-L. You can hear his music in the background right now. As well as the classes that Gene mentioned, if you're in the Los Angeles area, I can get you in once for free as a guest uh, to my class at Crunch Fitness. It's at 5 p.m. every Friday night. Feel free to contact me about that. Also, if you'd like to receive notifications when new to Be a Yogi podcasts come out and have the option to hire me and look at my schedule, you can find my app on the Apple App Store as well as the Google Play Store. Just search for Edward Reeb Yoga. Thank you all for tuning in. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Aum. Namaste.